The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Kelsey Campbell yes. in for Jaylen Nye. I said... Uh, I'm here. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you here. Thanks for doing it. Um, so the New Orleans and the Civil War Museum. Quite the build-up. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't mean to build it up. I ran out of time. <laughs> okay. So didn't really intend for this to spill over into the 2.30 half hour, but it did. So again, my question was, have you ever gone to some tourist attraction or somebody has propose that you should probably take something in while in a particular city. And maybe it's a restaurant where, you know, because Jalen and I gave me a list of all these restaurants and foods I got to try, and we tried as many as possible. Um, didn't like them all. Brought her back some hot sauce. I know it was on Twitter. I found that in every store down there. Some crystal hot sauce, I think it was called. But so, so Hunter and I are left with nothing to do because here's the deal in New Orleans. The drinking age is 21, as it is everywhere. But we had read on many sites that you can drink at 18 if your parents are with you and buy you the alcohol. Like Europe style. Sure. Okay. So if you're familiar with the Calgary Stampede at all, it's a little uh, thing. They've got an outdoor rodeo they have once a year down in uh, Calgary, Alberta. There's sort of a, a Calgary Stampede police attitude where they kind of let you get away with a lot of stuff during that 10 days including and not limited to being on Electric Ave with open alcohol, like that kind of thing. Or during, really? Yeah, during the Olympics, I they did like that too. I feel you're going to get your hand smacked for sharing this. Nah, they do. I mean, it's you know what? Because unless things have changed, and I'm going back to the Olympics, what, 1988? Yes, things have changed since 1988 I don't, a lot. We, I don't, have a, we have a new premier now. I heard that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that this changed, but uh, on White Avenue, because the bars were so full, but that's where everybody was going every night, they allowed people to just mill around. It was a lot like Bourbon Street. So, you know, police are kind of like, okay, put it in a plastic container, don't be throwing bottles, like that kind of thing. So New Orleans is like that all the time. And especially uh, So they're trapped in the 1980s, okay. Which is great, to be honest with you. If I could live anywhere, that would be my choice, the 80s, for both the music and... uh, and just a lot of other things. But uh, so Bourbon Street is still Bourbon Street all year long. So you can walk up and down Bourbon Street drinking, but you you have to be 21 to drink at a bar. So like I say, we had heard that as long as you go in with your parents or a parent, they can buy you alcohol. Turns out that's a complete urban myth. Oh. That is absolutely not true. So and we, you learned that from the drunk tank. We learned that from Hunter being, we went to the first bar. Well, actually, when we got down there, we went to the first restaurant and everybody ordered a drink. And the waitress brought it, didn't ask for any ID, and we thought, perfect. So everything we heard about New Orleans is true. That was the last time Hunter got served at an establishment that was licensed. From that point on, everywhere we tried to go, they carded everybody, including myself and my wife. So, And Hunter, and I would say to the door guy or lady, oh, no, no, but he's my son. They'd be like, we don't care. Like, that's a myth. Like, we got told, that's a myth. You have to be 21. But there's lots of drinking places where you can buy like to-go cups, you know, grenades and whatever else they call them and and walk up and down Bourbon Street. So that's how Hunter, and he's able to drink here. He's eight, he's 19. So he's accustomed now, a year of being able to go to bars and now suddenly we're on oh, a vacation. That's the worst. Even going from when you're used to being in Alberta, going right. to Ontario exactly. or to BC. So we didn't want it to be a disappointing trip for Hunter. Now Hunter tends to like historical things, but at night you got to do something, right? So we spent, as I say, the first few days basically walking up and down Bourbon Street, a few drinks in our hand. Um, Carol or I would run into the bar and get the drinks and we, so we didn't sit in a drink. And we, I started asking this is this makes me the worst parent ever. 
but you know, there's some shady people in New Orleans. There's some really shady people. And so as I would talk to what I believe to be the shadiest of them, like maybe the guy who pedals you around on his bicycle or, you know, the guy who's trying to get you to go to a bar so that's in the back alley. So people whose cycle are now shady. Well, I'm just okay. saying, you know, just maybe I'm judging a book by its cover, but there was a lot of people <laughs> there where you're like, wow, that guy, that guy is fleeing law enforcement. Like you just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so maybe I'm drawing <laughs> okay. some conclusions I shouldn't. I so. But with each guy that I met like that, or like I was about to say, the doorman who, because Bourbon Street is Bourbon Street, it's done. Like uh, the, all the bars are occupied. So people have opened up bars and courtyards behind Bourbon Street and you have to go down little back lanes to get to them. So, you know, it's 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 almost like a drug deal. Like somebody just pops out of a back lane, hey, you guys want some drinks? I got a bar back here. Like that kind of thing. So those I would consider to be kind of shady. So I would ask them, and again, this, go ahead and criticize me, 6.30, 6.30. I started asking, hey, is there anywhere to get a fake ID? Like my son is old enough to drink in our hometown, but he can't drink here. So and a couple of people sort of put me on to where he could get a fake ID for Hunter, but none of it panned out. So in the end, somebody told me that there was a bar on Bourbon Street that would totally turn a blind eye to the fact that he was 18. Just show ID with confidence, and the guy will, like, look at it in case the police are watching, nod and let you in. But it was the worst hole-in-the-wall bar, but that's fine. You alcohol know. is alcohol. Exactly. There was literally cockroaches. Oh, Visible. Yeah, I would, it's not worth it. Yeah, up the wall, and they're big in New Orleans. I would check out sobriety. Well, you can only drink by the pool so many times, so many nights. So we went to that bar, and uh, this is not the weird experience I wanted to tell you about, but it was kind of weird. So we go to the bar, and I, I don't even know, like, because I'm not a criminal, so I'm not even sure how you do this, but I'm like, hey, I was thinking about my family coming in, wink, wink, you know, and the guy's like, yeah, okay, ID. And everyone shows ID, and sure enough, the guy looks at Hunter's ID, and he's not... 21, he looks at it, he's like, oh, you're not 21. <laughs> and Hunter and I are just standing there, we're like, that's right. Just smiling back at him, right? <laughs> I said, but he can still go in. And the guy was like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, great. He then took out a black marker. Oh, no. And put this massive X on his hand up his arm on both sides, like he had been... I don't want to draw any comparison, but he just walked into the bar. He just got out of Alcatraz. Right. That's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. And that black X says he can't order or consume. So, yeah, he can go in the bar. So I'm just going to take this chance um, to, to pose a bit of an, an intervention. Because sure. it sounds like as a family, <laughs> yeah. you, you need to find some other hobbies other than taking your kids to the bar. Now, the problem is, I know, but the problem is, what do you do in New Orleans? We tried a game night. didn't go very far. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so we left the bar. Tribe Monopoly didn't like it, so right. now we drink together. We left the bar, and then it turns out that the ink was permanent. You try getting that off. Like, he spent the better part of 24 hours trying to get these X's off him. And the worst part of that was, now we can go back onto Bourbon Street, and I can buy him alcohol, and the police don't care that he's walking up and down. They're not carding anyone, except he's now got big black X's on his arms. So I actually restricted his ability to have a good time on Bourbon Street. So... That brings me to the Civil War Museum. Okay, wow. I was wondering I if we were going to get there. I, I wondered myself. <laughs> so we ran out of things to do. I wanted to do something non-alcohol related. And they've got lots of museums in New Orleans. It's a very historic city. So we didn't want to go to the World War II Museum, even though it's the biggest one there. Because frankly, and I'll just be honest with you, I don't want to hear about how the Americans won the war. Um, because they didn't. And they arrived late and they the Canadians had more of an impact. But anyways... 
I well, digress. that's when they raised the drinking age <laughs> yeah, so that, that more of them might would have show been. up. Uh, that's actually... <laughs> pretty funny uh so we go to the civil war museum and it's like i don't know nine bucks each to get in or whatever and it's fine and we didn't realize and i don't know why we wouldn't have thought this through this is a civil war museum in new orleans so there's no the north versus the south exhibition there's a why the south should have won exhibition every single exhibit was a battle victory by the south and every single explanation of how a general got killed was the, despite the incompetence of the North, this happened. And and I I just we just watched all these exhibits like and it's and there by the way they sell Confederate hats and Confederate flags there as souvenirs Ooh. right yeah and we're kind of like oh really you okay. did not purchase we those. did not I okay. tried one on. They were for kids. That's the, the Confederate hats. Oh right. This so I, is getting worse. I know. I went to put the hat on and was like, oh, that's, I said to the guy, do you have bigger sizes? He's like, those are children's hats. And I'm like, okay. Anyways, so that was sort of weird, right? Uh -huh. But then you're looking at all these old uniforms and, and guns and like all the artifacts there are, are authentic and donated and they're fabulous to, to watch. It's, it's a peek into Southern history, of course. But, but every battle described how incompetent the North was, and despite their horrible incompetence, that either weather or a natural disaster or... This sounds like every losing sports team ever, because I just think about looking right. back, and when you lose, it, it, you're like, oh, they were a worse team. <laughs> That's we, right. We played down to their exactly. level. We had an injury. That's you exactly. know what? The, the ref or the ump, or, they were on their side the whole time. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Because what's the old expression, uh, the victors get to write history or history is written by the winner, whatever the expression is. Well, not in New Orleans. In New Orleans, <laughs> if you didn't know how this war turned out, you'd assume the South had won. Because everything was, they were technologically more advanced, they were superior strategists, They their generals were better. It, just everything and... and but you're in a museum where I don't know what made me think this. I don't know. I didn't think it through. So I'm just walking through. I'm looking at old pianos and bolt, belt buckles. Like I'm just People looking. are texting and saying, how are you not talking about jazz? So this is your chance to weave it in. We never ended up seeing any jazz because there was a jazz festival going on. <laughs> how do you miss <laughs> I know. It? They're like throwing it in I your face. I know. <laughs> but it's in bars. Hunter oh. couldn't get in the bars. Okay, there we go, full circle. And we didn't want to keep pointing out to Hunter that he was prohibiting us from fully taking mm. in New Orleans so because... You, mommy and Daddy split up because of you. Let's just lay it out. <laughs> we had you the worst, ruined our trip, I'll just say it. We had the family vacation. No, it was a great trip. <laughs> but that was weird. The museum was just weird. And great people, they'll answer any question you want. <laughs> they'll show you anything you want, but not one artifact in that museum was from the North. Not one. But did they serve underage patrons? Do you know they had no bar, but I bet you they would have, had we asked. I bet you they would have. And I'll tell you what, they were reasonably reasonably priced, their souvenirs as well. You know, you go to these museums, you're leaving, it's like, a, I got Hunter a, a replica cannon, 12 bucks. 12 bucks. Oh. And what are you going to do with it? It's a cannon. It could have been on either side. So it'll be on his bookshelf. He's got a great bookshelf full of souvenirs from all the trips you've ever taken. I did not buy anything with a Confederate flag on it or a hat or anything like that, although I sure thought about it. And then at one point, I put on a Confederate hat, a little because it didn't fit, right? So a little baby, a little kid's hat. And I said to Hunter, 
uh, hey, take a picture of this, of this. I'll tweet it. And he was like, that's, don't. That's probably going to have some pushback. Thank God for Thank your, God your for sober Hunter. son. I just thought it was funny. Nope. It, now I hope you realize. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Well, I was in vacation mode. I wasn't really in radio mode. So mm. I wasn't. Anyways, all right. Let's, uh, we, do I, how does yeah. this work? Gee, break? Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, read some of your texts. All right. Starting to knock some of the <laughs> dust off this uh, radio job thing. So the uh, ghost hunt. So here's the deal. Down in New Orleans, supposedly the most haunted city in the world, or so they say, and they offer dozens upon dozens of walking tours where you can see from the outside homes or buildings or businesses that are reportedly uh, haunted. But we had found this excursion that we thought would be a little different, and the excursion was... And this falls again in the category of, hey, have you ever gone to do something that you thought would be one thing and it was another? The excursion was a haunt, uh, a haunt, a haunted uh, hunt, a ghost hunt. So they literally, the hunt doesn't start until 10 p.m. And they lock you in a haunted building for four hours. And they equip you with cameras, recording devices. I don't, I don't know the names of all the stuff, but, you know, little dials that show you activity, electromagnetic, whatever. Very the do-digglers, yeah. I don't believe that's the technical term, but I, <laughs> but yeah, we we each had a do diggler in our hand, and we had. <laughs> don't know why you laughed there, and we had, <laughs> we had all these devices, and we get you get you start with like a half hour explanation of how all the devices work, right, and then you break up into groups. So they limited it to twelve people, and then you break up into smaller groups. Because there was four of us, we took a group of four. So we went to a bedroom um, in the attic. We went to a parlor room we went to another room and we made every attempt uh, to contact ghosts and we were told of the ghosts that haunt this particular building that are well known to haunt the building some were quite old there was a, a number of different spirits that had been reported there recorded there as some evidence that there had been paranormal activity and so we knew we were looking for specific people there was a little girl who liked playing with a particular ball so if you brought that ball to the parlor and rolled it on the floor she might roll it back um, there oh, was, yeah, stuff like that. So there was, but the thing was, and, and I will give them this, they were very, they wanted you to be very, very skeptical. So for example, with the ball, they would say, now listen, don't put the ball on the floor and then it rolls and you think that a ghost has now touched the ball because this building is 150 years old. So the floors are not level. So stuff like that. Or you hear a noise upstairs, well, keep in mind that there's a group of four upstairs and that could be the floorboard squeak. And so they kept telling us, if you, if you think you caught something on one of our pieces of equipment, say out loud, I believe I've caught something. And then when the trip ends, a few days later, they send you any evidence you collected. So they go through all your recordings, all your video, everything, and they email you links from a Dropbox where you can pull it back down. And they said, sometimes you'll feel as though really relatively nothing happened and then we'll show you on a recording that something did happen or there was an image that you oh, caught. Oh yes, after the fact. They send it back, it's fully edited, right. sounds included. So that's where I went with that in my mind too. Okay, so we're doing some photoshopping here, are we? Okay, fair. Um, but I do know that I have the ability to break tracks because I have uh, some software at home so that if audio has been added to a track afterwards, I'd be able to pull it apart and see that that was not on the original track. So I was waiting for that to debunk it. But it turns out that's not how it went. So we went three hours, I'll say, in rooms, moving around, staying quiet, reaching out. There was a few things that you kind of like, well, I'm not sure if that was something. 
upright. I, I heard a noise. I think I saw something. I'm not really sure. And were you still sober at this point? Uh, no. Okay. So we had had a few drinks before Important we went. Important point. There was a total of 10 spirits, uh, five in the house and the five we drank before we went in the house. But that's another story. So... We did, however, at the end... Hold on a second. Yes. Did you just refer to your drinks as spirits? I did. Okay. Well, for the purpose of the joke. Okay. Um, so at the end, <laughs> we all meet again in the parlor where there's 12 of us, and the uh, ghost guy, lady, the host, and we start playing with the spirit box. And so this is one of those things that sort of picks up white noise, and it, it runs through a gamut of... Uh, levels of airwaves so you I believe what you're referring to yes is the EMF meter that's what I was holding yeah an okay. EMF meter but the spirit box is something different it's a way to communicate with the spirit so I see right like a Ouija board no you can actually hear them if if there's somebody <laughs> there a conch shell they use the I feel like you should have come on this with me <laughs> because you'd have been you've been a voice maybe the voice of reason so we're doing the spirit box <laughs> Okay, you're mocking me now. No, I love... No, please. This All is right. fascinating. So at this point, I'm sobering up, and I feel as though nothing's really happened, and I'm really not going to have any evidence of any kind of paranormal activity until they send me the doctored tape. So now I'm just <laughs> in the parlor with everybody, and we start the spirit box, and she says, you're going to hear random words because it goes through this gamut of uh, whatever they're called, levels of production. I don't know. What do you radio people Geomagnetic call? field. Okay, stop. And so you'll hear DJs from local stations. You'll hear bits of music as it pans through all the different oh. frequencies. That's oh, the so word. it's communicating with you through other people's words? No. Okay. No. I, you're to ignore those. Oh, okay. Because it's going through thousands of frequencies. Thousands. And it's waiting for the ghost to pick one so that it can communicate. <laughs> okay. So now we've done 15 minutes of this. We've actually Listen, done it. Listening to radio stations, getting tips for your show. Just hearing a little... And then it communicated with us. And? Answered three specific questions. I'll tell you what they were in just a second. All right, so we'll uh, take a break for news uh, coming up in just under a minute. So in the end, at this ghost hunt experience, so now we're all down in the parlor, 12 of us, the uh, host... And we've got this uh, spirit box happening. And as I say, there's random noises, random words, some music, whatever. And then it went really quiet. And somebody in the group asked how many spirits are in the room right now. And the answer we got from the spirit box was five. So everyone kind of tense. do the voice? What did this, the no, voice No, that was like it. it. It was just like that. So at that point, it could be a random coincidence that somebody on a radio station somewhere said five right at that moment. So I asked... Did you want, and this spirit apparently liked to play with people in the in the bathroom. If you go in the bathroom, oh they my. would push you and like that kind of thing. The bathroom was right off the parlor. So after we got the answer, there's five. I said, do you want one of us to go in the bathroom, into, into the uh, washroom? And there was a pause, and then we heard, yes. And so now it's a coincidence, but coincidentally, we've gotten two answers to two specific questions. And then I said, okay, who do you want to go in the bathroom? And I don't know what radio station or show this would have been on. I said, who do you want to go into the bathroom? And it answered, the big butt girl. And at that point, it ended because none of the women wanted to embrace the idea that they were the big butt girl. So, the big butt girl. Right. That's what it said, though. Big butt girl. Then we all went, uh, we looked at each other, and, you know, the guys tried to make no eye contact with anyone. <laughs> right, because yeah, don't even touch that. 
Um, and that's where it ended. So that's all I know is that uh, supposedly five spirits did want to make contact with us, was only prepared to do it in the washroom, and it had to be the big butt girl. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.